Hey Seekers, thanks for sticking around and welcome to As It Is, Bhagavad Gita in 2020 series second episode. I know, it's a nice look and feel, right? Chapter 2 is contents of Gita summarized. So this chapter in particular is the toughest and the longest to elaborate. It's sort of a litmus test. So buckle up your seatbelts as life is about to happen. Here on high level, Krishna touches all the aspects of soul existence, all the viewpoints of reaching to the point of liberation, finding that absolute truth we have been talking about all this time. So before I dive deeper, let's see what is the Wikipedia definition of absolute truth. It says something that holds true in all times, in all circumstances. It's a postulate, a fact that holds true no matter what. A circle is a circle. It can't be a square. What exactly is the absolute truth of soul if there is any? What are those deeper conversations like when we talk about birth and death? What are we doing sitting on a tiny rock called Earth, which is literally in the middle of nowhere and making TikTok videos every day? <laughs> like for real, guys, closest star in our galaxy to our sun is four light years away. And I don't know in my lifetime, there will be a technology that can take humans to explore another star system. And even if they do, what are the chances of finding an intelligent civilization considering the age of universe? These questions have haunted our minds at one point or another. Anyways, let's get back to the epic conversation I have hyped up until now. We ended our chapter one where Arjuna was totally directionless and clueless about what to do next when he was standing in the middle of a battlefield to fight his cousin brothers and entire family to win a kingdom called Hastinapur. This was a make or break moment for the battle. Arjuna was such a capable warrior that if he won't fight the battle, it would have ended before even starting it. And he was well aware of it. His mind was full of the agony his family had to go through when they were kicked out of the kingdom. He couldn't see anything further than the clouds of those perplexities over his mind. Arjuna asked Krishna for a direction on the path of searching absolute truth about existence. We move on further from here. Seeing Arjuna full of compassion, depressed mind and tearful eyes, Krishna said, how have you allowed such impurities linger your mind? It's not expected from a wise man like you. How can you be such an impotent. Give up such petty weaknesses of heart and arise as a warrior. Here, Krishna is assuming that Arjuna is already well versed with the absolute truth about existence, being such a smart and learned guy, right? It's absolute. Everyone already knew about it. Arjuna resisted. He's like, how can I kill my own teacher and grandfather who I have worshipped all this life? It's better to live like a beggar than to live at the cost of these great souls. I don't know what is better, conquering them or being conquered by them. Now I'm confused about my duties and lost all my composure. In this condition, I'm asking you to help me for certain what is best for me. Now I'm your disciple. My soul is surrendered onto you. Please instruct me. There is no means to drive away this grief which is drying up my senses. With this mental weakness, I won't be able to fight. Nayotse iti govindam. This is what he said. With this, Arjuna, an emotional human being, like you and me, sat in the feet of Krishna seeking help. Krishna was well aware of this simple fact that material or physical activities are the source of perplexities. Those uncertainties lingering our mind about simple tasks that we keep pushing on to later dates. Such uncertainties are like forest fires that blaze without setting up by anyone. But how to communicate such a simple yet effective message to Arjuna in this state of mind? Krishna smiled at him and says, There was no time when I didn't exist, you didn't exist, or this whole world didn't exist. Nor will there be a time when everything will stop existing. Besides, happiness and distress are like winter and summer seasons. They arise from the sense of perception. One must learn to tolerate them. Sense of perception and tolerance. 
these are the two key aspects i would like to press on it's this perception that is the key distinguisher between something becoming or not becoming it was that sense of perception that made right brothers believe that they can invent world's first successful motorized operated airplane it was elon musk's sense of perception that allowed his purpose of making reusable rocket engine a reality let me tell you a small story in 2001 musk conceptualized mars oasis a project to land a miniature experimental greenhouse that contains seeds with dehydrated gel on mars to grow plants on martial soil this would be the furthest that life can ever travel to it was a risky but expensive dream however who can stop musk's will power right so he traveled to moscow to buy refurbished intercontinental ballistic missiles when they were not able to reach to an agreement musk decided that he will build his own reusable rocket they offered 8 million dollars per rocket all right musk calculated that the raw material for building that rocket was actually only worth 3% of the sales price of the rocket at that time so by applying the vertical integration principle of cost reasoning around 85% of entire falcon dragon vehicle was produced in house spacex could cut launch price by a factor of 10 and still enjoy 70% of gross margin if they used modular approach for building the rocket for software engineering it was like a silicon valley startup who's ready to make rockets it was musk's sense of perception that differentiated him from an ordinary human being that gave him enough encouragement to test fourth rocket launch after first three failed attempts it was elon musk's soul's purpose that compelled his body to go through that level of distress for the betterment of human species as of 23rd march 2020 the falcon 9 family has flown 84 successful missions with one failure one partial success and one vehicle destroyed during the routine test krishna continues the person who is not disturbed by the happiness or distress is eligible for spiritual liberation enlightened people have realized that material body is a means a vehicle to fulfill the purpose of soul the eternal body if you want to realize absolute truth of existence that can be achieved by fulfilling absolute purpose of life as soul is the absolute truth of the life fulfilling spiritual purpose makes more sense than physical purpose krishna gives a two case scenario over here in first case soul exists but you do get hurt in this case soul and body exist separately happiness and sadness affect our sense of perception so you see physical body and spiritual body the difference is a physical body is measurable spiritual body is immeasurable perishable indestructible finite life eternal life physical body goes through birth and death spiritual body no birth no death cycle assuming this scenario The question is when exactly does the soul enters the body at what time of birth with first heartbeat well soul unites with the physical body at the time of birth and departs at the time of death during this time body goes through six transformations birth childhood teenage adulthood getting old and death this is the journey of a physical body we perform material actions to fulfill our physical purposes while going through these phases of life however when you look at it from spiritual point of view and the purpose of your soul first of all there's no difference between a soul of a human and a soul of an ant or a dog or a chicken or even a 30 feet tall tree as souls don't need any physical space to exist so the spiritual purpose holds more weightage as it leaves the collective impact on the society 
It's the combination of our physical and spiritual body that helps us realize the fact that soul and body are situated on the same tree of the body and within the same heart. A key difference is created when you acknowledge the glory of existence of a soul. This is why material body is like a garment or a cloth, like a person puts on new garments and gives up old ones. Similarly, soul gives up the old physical body to take up a new one. In second case, if you think body and soul don't exist separately, even then there is no point to lament the battle and the death of his family. First of all, such philosophers are called Lokayatikas or Vaibhavsikas, who believe that life symptoms take place at a certain mature condition of material combination. Science of anthropology is also based on this Vedic philosophy of Vaibhavsika. Even if Arjuna believed in Vaibhavsika philosophy, he must understand that our body is mix of a chemicals with some life symptoms for a certain period of time. Then what is the point of feeling happiness or distress? Well, according to Vaibhavsika philosophy, birth of a body will lead to death and then birth again. So if we think of it like a Matrix movie, all living beings are unmanifested before creation, then manifested in dream, and then again unmanifested at the time of death. It's like a cycle. In either case, whether soul exists or does not, material body has no factual existence in relation with the eternal soul. Considering this, Krishna says, So fight this war, considering this as your bodily duty. If you dwell in this body, you will never slain. Bodily duties. Hmm. There are two types of specific duties. One, bodily duties and two, spiritual duties. So the bodily specific duties are unavoidable like sleeping, eating, getting married, having family, kids. These are like, you know, stepping stones for a spiritual understanding of being a human. This is called Varnasrama Dharma. Human civilization begins with these bodily duties. And what is spiritual duty? This is a duty of your eternal soul, your dharma. You are born to perform these activities. You get to know these duties once you walk on the path of enlightenment. If we keep cribbing about the issues we have with our environment, our body or even the people around us, we can never focus our energy towards the spiritual specified duties towards our dharma. Hence, never walk the path of that enlightenment. That is what Krishna told Arjuna as well. He's like, if you leave the battlefield before it begins, history will call you a coward. To become inspirational like Elon Musk, we need to walk that path of distress and show how it is done. This is not true just in case of Elon Musk. All those guys I talked about in first episode walked the same path of this enlightenment. Albert Einstein was no different than Steve Jobs. And they are no different than you and me. Imagine what Arjuna might be going through physiologically. Let's dive deeper in the brain of Arjuna. Any pressurable activity performed by our body releases a dose of dopamine in our brain. This feeling of pleasure is chemically rewarded by our brain, not the body, but the feeling. So technically, our brain rewards our soul for the pleasure given to the body. In this case, Arjuna's next action was to fight a battle against his own family. Not at all a pleasurable experience, right? So his brain was trying to trick him to get out of that battle, to reward his soul with a dose of dopamine. But since his soul was a purpose-driven soul, it was not ready to accept this dopamine because it didn't make sense based on the past experiences and his expectation from the future. We all fall in the same type of emotional whirlpool every day, day in, day out. 
Have you noticed the compulsion your brain tricks you into scrolling timelessly on Facebook, watching random YouTube videos? Your brain gives you a dose of dopamine with a sense of accomplishment with every video you watch. What is the solution to this? We need dopamine detoxification time to time and face our fears head on. How do you do that? Good question. Arjuna asked the same question to Krishna, but let me answer you first. One day a week, you detach yourself completely from the outer world and focus your entire energy towards meditation and self-realization. Your inner self. You are an interesting person. You can enjoy yourself company without any social media, any news channel. Don't serve any bodily purpose other than unavoidable things like hunger, thirst and sleep. Rather, involve yourself in accomplishing the list of tasks you have thought of. If you don't have the list, create the list and then dive head on into it. It's difficult but doable. Krishna gave the same advice to Arjuna. Krishna said, Either you will be killed in the battlefield or conquered. Either ways, get up with the determination and fight. Face your fears head on without considering your happiness or distress outcomes that your body might go through. This philosophy is known as analytical study or Sankhya Yoga, where you are focused to work without expecting the fruitful results. This lead you to the freedom from the bondage of work that action you are about to perform as you are detached from the results. Those on this path are resolute in purpose and their aim is one. Fools get attached to the sense of gratification. Imagine what will drive Elon Musk to get out of bed and go to work. He has all the money, all the materialistic pressures he can buy. But his motive to go to work would be a lot more than just to make money. And that is what keeps him resolute to his purpose. If you get too attached to the fruits of your actions and if the results are not as per your expectation, you tend to lose your resolution. Your determination will lose the sense of being. When you're free from all the duties, your anxieties, you gain establishment of self-realization. Physical or material body is bound to go through those dualities. Tolerance in this phase of this duality of happiness and distress will set your anxiety free. This is the tolerance you need to build against that additional dosage of dopamine your brain keeps feeding you. It's you who should be in control of the dopamine dose given by your brain. How do you control that? By performing yoga of abandoning all attachments to the success and failure. Yoga is the union of our physical and spiritual body. It's not just that exercise which we do. Concentration of mind upon the devotion of action rather than the fruits you yield from that action is that yoga I'm talking about. This yoga of devotional consciousness is called Dharma Yoga. It's this devotional purpose your devotional consciousness is the one that can help us give up the sense of proprietorship, sense of ownership towards the fruit of our actions. Devotional consciousness helps us elevate from good or bad reactions so we can strive for yoga which is the art of all karma. Great sages, assume Elon Musk as a sage of 2020 over here, alright? Great sages who are free from fruits of their actions are involved in devotional services and hence free from the cycle of birth and death. Intelligence passed from dense forest of delusion will clear your mind about the absolute truth of existence. You need to fix your mind on self-realization to attend the divine consciousness, that devotional yoga I'm talking about, right? 
anytime you are 100% focused working on a very critical project let's say without giving any thought about the deadline you may not realize the amount of time you have passed while doing that particular project but the quality of your output is really admirable that is because when you're deeply involved in performing your karma your brain has been surrendered towards the devotional services that your action is required for shri krishna defines a beautiful term called sthit pragya it means an ideal personality of a man who is self realized and has attained that divine consciousness that devotional yoga at all times that i'm talking about so arjuna is like what are the symptoms of such a person whose consciousness is merged in the transcendence which means experience beyond normal and merged into devotional consciousness of krishna krishna says a man who gives up all the varieties of desires of sense of gratification who rises from mental boundaries who is satisfied in self alone who is not disturbed in mind even going through those all miseries around him who is not elated with the extreme happiness as well as free from the attachment of fear and anger such sages of steady mind are called sthit pragya by not praising or despising good or evil of material world you can walk the path of absolute truth so how do you do that like a tortoise like a tortoise draws its limbs within the shell a sage of a stable mind is able to withdraw his senses from sense objects like that soul doesn't taste the sense of the objects but the body does soul has a capability of withdrawing from all the senses of objects by experiencing the higher taste and fixing the consciousness into the devotion of the karma this way you can trick your brain to release the dopamine when you are in the devotional consciousness senses of objects that is material world are so strong that they can carry away a strong mind of someone who has very high level of stability just to resonate the feeling of this verse and prove that elon musk is like any other human i'll give you his life example he got married to justin wilson in 2000 and divorced her in 2008 then he got married to tula riley in 2010 they got divorced in 2012 again got married in 2013 and again divorced in 2016 imagine him going through such personal issues and showing up at work to manage a multi billion dollar company like tesla or spacex where lives of people were dependent on his decision making such high level of perplexities are resolved when you elevate yourself from being a sthit pragya to pragya pratishtha a person who has fixed consciousness one who restrains the sense of object and has full control over all his actions and has fixed his consciousness on to krishna this type of yoga is called bhakti yoga contemplating the object of senses leads us to develop the attachment attachment develops lust lust develops anger anger develops complete delusion delusion develops bewildered memory that results into loss of intelligence which eventually leads you back into that whirlpool of material issues satisfying that krishna consciousness devoting 100% of your mind into the krishna bhakti will elevate you from the miseries of the material existence a disconnect from krishna bhakti krishna consciousness can lead you to the loss of intelligence here every time when i say krishna bhakti or krishna consciousness 
considering it as a devotion devotion towards your action all right one who restrains senses from material objects and fixes his consciousness to devote the results of his karma to that devotional consciousness we have been talking about towards krishna grows a steady intelligence of self realization these two words intelligence and self realization they open our door towards the last yoga that is gnana yoga intelligent beings are divided into two classes one those who are intelligent in material activities for sense gratification someone who is smart witty petty others are those who are introspective and awake beings who cultivate self realization it's the knowledge of what is right that distinguishes witty person from a self realized this yoga is called gyana yoga a person who is disturbed and unstable by a extreme flow of desires is like a flooded river that crosses all its banks its limits to destroy everything around but a spiritually awakened an enlightened knowledgeable person is like an ocean even with a constant flow of river of emotions he can alone achieve peace not the one who strives to satisfy the sensual desires a person who has given up all the desires of sense gratification who lives free from desires who has given up the senses of proprietorship and is devoid of false ego only that being can attain peace which opens the door towards the path of self realization this is the way of living spiritually and a godly life in the midst of an upset personal life elon musk was able to pull off a phenomenal example of someone who can use his knowledge to follow his spiritual purpose by performing the very next action with an utmost devotion to achieve the best as well as become the best out there your willingness to listen this episode proves that you are seeking knowledge example of gyana yoga listening to it without any distraction proves that you are devoted with an example of dharma yoga if you were involved 100% in absorbing this knowledge with the devotion towards krishna's consciousness that's an example of bhakti yoga your willingness to listen it again hit the like button and share with your friends as well as subscribe my channel to get more updates is an example of sankhya yoga your karma without desires of fruitful results so please don't forget to perform above actions with this we have ended chapter 2 to see you in the next episode we will walk in the depth of karma yoga because if knowledge is the most superior one what is the reason for us to perform an action let me know in the comment section down below